obviously the scope of D&D has been like changing over the years like more and more people have been like adding things to it different ancestries races classes right and every like everyone's game is different everyone's world is different but i feel like we're hitting this point where the majority of D&D games there is this weird mix of like technology with with magic right artificers and, and stuff like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, like 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 higher tech steampunk stuff and fantasy but they're all like living in the same world and do you guys jive with that or do you prefer like do you like where things are kind of headed because like guns and gears just came out yeah dude and like paizo like made a bunch of like lore stuff about how it like applies over like dwarves that built guns and like gunpowder and like like there are robots and stuff and and five of these had that for a while right like they've had like the warforged races right. and and stuff yeah i i think it's really cool when um a a like a world like that has places that are like that but it's not everything Mm. Like, mm-hmm. I love it, like, when there's, like, the, um, the, you know, I mean, like, yeah, like, everything's, like, very, like, classic D&D, and then you go to the, 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 like, and there's, like, this one nation that's, like, super advanced, you go, like, oh, and they've got, like, guns and stuff, and I like using it as a, like, variety, uh, or a, a tool to add in variety or, or, um, something different, um, and rather, when, when it's, like, everything, you kind of, then you're, like, oh, man, but I want my classic, you know? Like, ah, but what about, like, my classic, like, fantasy? I think that we're mainly talking about, like, where where sci-fi is starting to be injected into fantasy. Is that kind of the idea that you're talking about? Yeah. The, well, like, like, the technology Industrial element. revolution. Yeah. But yeah, also, yeah, like, how it mixes with magic and stuff. Right, because there, there are people that are, like... Oh, I don't want guns in my thing. Like, I don't want like black powder. You right. know, I don't want robots in my like low fantasy setting. You know, um, but I, the reason that I <clears throat> have kind of shifted because I I feel like I used to be like that. Like I was like, eh, I want to like kind of leave some of that stuff out there. If there is a gunslinger, they have like one of the only guns ever. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, after I played. Final Fantasy 14, like running around in that game, for some reason I felt like it worked. Like it, right. like, it just like it felt normal to have a guy running around with a sword that could shoot bullets out of it, you know, next to someone who was shooting a bow and arrow, you know, and I and obviously it's a different medium, but like being in that world for a while of just like kind of like everything goes right like there are like cat people and then there are also like dragon people and then there's guns and then there's like illusionists like all of it like mesh really well and it fit and i was like you know what like i feel like it doesn't have to make sense right whereas before i was like well if there was a gun then it just like obliterates you know like plate mail you know just like it it no longer well so i think oh go ahead jason so um I remember reading um, something, I think, written by John Smith, like in his diaries when he like first went um, to like Latin South America, right? And he was writing about how these 
indigenous Americans were using bow and arrows that could pierce their armor, like their conquistador armor. And, um, and then like early flintlock pistols are not like, like glocks, right? They're not right. like, right. they can't do the same amount of damage. The bullets are not the same. The guns don't have the, the power. And so I'm with you that like, there is some like crossover where one is just not immediately stronger, where it's just blowing up people's limbs or anything. It's not like all one hit KOs, etc. Um, but I do like how uh, it does like you let let you be like flexible into things like, you know, um, dual wielding pistols or or sniping, etc. It does add more like options in that way. But I am also a little bit with Silas and how Silas is talking about how where you come upon these things as like a cultural phenomena, right? Like you enter into a culture yeah. that understands like gunsmithing, right? Mm -hmm. Or you enter into a um, a culture that understands what was it Warforge or what is it called? The like robots, yeah. The Warforged, yeah. That, that's like a there's like the whole setting. Uh, I forget what's like called, D &D, but it was like right? a fan made setting. Yeah, and fine. D, &D yeah, just fine. was yeah. like Wizards of the Coast was like, yeah, we're gonna like this is cool. Like we're gonna make this a thing. People right like automatons with, with uh, furnaces in their stomach, like robots right. with furnaces in their stomach. Yeah, yeah. I like that yeah, yeah. when it when you enter into it as like a cultural thing, which then I mean it gives justification. Like somebody can play him, like somebody like that that comes from that culture or whatever. But I do like it in that sense because I think fantasy is just it, it gets amped up when you when you make like specific cultural things like you make elven villages, you make dwarven mines, etc. And so I think that stuff it fits and is justified uh, a lot better in that regard. But then also with yeah. Paizo, I think it's cool because the same it's the same universe that we play in now it's the same universe that we play in in starfinder so these these things come in progression right to mm -hmm. that lead up to what starfinder is so of course this is going to be learned at some point like guns and galarian are going to be found so. what were right. you going to say and, ronnie and something i was uh just going to mention that <clears throat> i think that like stylistically um, it really works well too because of the level of fantasy. Um, I think like steampunk is generally fairly high fantasy and traditional fantasy is also really high fantasy. So the pieces just fit together really well. Um, and I think where a lot of the issues we have with having like guns or higher technology in our high fantasy games is we often are like, well, this doesn't make logical scientific sense based on the way we understand the world. Um, when that might work for like a really low fantasy game for a high fantasy game, like you have to consider like magic, right? And it's like, where would a, where would a society be that had discovered magic, right? Like, would there be any reason right. for them to evolve as a people in the same way that we have, right? So it's like, maybe their world looks very, you know, you know, 1300s Europe or 1700s Europe. But because of the, they found magic, they didn't need to like create these other things that are increasing the value of their lives in that way, right? They just have magic to do that, right? They have magic to create constructs. They have magic to, you know, to heal people. They don't need to create modern medicine or, or sterilize, you know, hospitals because they have clerics who can heal people by praying, right? So like 
a lot of the reasons that we had to technologically advance in those ways and have a deeper understanding in those ways, I feel like aren't there. So um, I think that that's why like a steampunk world and a high fantasy world, like their reasons for growing a lot of the times are become that like magical piece. Um, and they just fit really well together, uh, in, in my opinion. That's all I was going to say. I I think that techno- technological weapons in armor and stuff make total sense in a game that has magic. Mm-hmm. But if you're playing a low magic setting, I feel like it makes less sense because I feel like what you're saying and what I'm trying to say is that like magic acts as like a balancing for the technology, mm-hmm. right? Like a power balance. Yeah, from a from a uh, scaling point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, from a scaling point. Um, but yeah, I think, I think because if you were doing a like no magic setting, which I I have actually wanted to explore, like doing doing a world like similar to like Dragon Age, where like mages are like shunned and like killed on sight in your like tr- or, or or they're like thrown in like a tower. Uh, I'd love to run a setting like that, but in a setting like that where there is like few and far between mages, I feel like everybody would have to like do the do dip into some kind of technological thing, right? As as like a a, a world setting. Otherwise, like if you're just running around with a with a rune skimmy and a and a plate mail, you're gonna get just blasted, right? Right. Right. From from a like a world building scaling perspective. Right. So. And I think that the whole, um, you know, we've talked about this several times, I feel like on pre-pods, the whole like magic is just sufficiently advanced technology thing um, makes a lot of sense. But I think that there is something to be said about like, there is a quality to magic that like, at least in in like gameplay that has to be like unexplainable, I guess, you know? And it's like, could right. we like find right. a way to explain it all? But like, where I find that like fine line is like alchemy. And that's why I like alchemy in tabletop games a lot, because it's like everything that Frizzigig does as an alchemist, like a lot of it is implied to be kind of magical, but a lot of it you could explain with like a modern understanding of like chemicals Mm -hmm. or science or whatever. Right. So it's like, I think it's like a, it's a really cool, weird balance between like Aaron who points at somebody and they burst into a ball of flames and Frizzigig who throws a bottle of liquid at somebody and they burst into a ball of flames, right? And like from the character's perspective, it's the same thing, right? Like, oh, those are both magic. Fire But from a player perspective, we're like, oh, like obviously one of those is a mix of some form of chemicals that we could probably explain through modern medicine. And another one is like Aaron turning his life force into fire, which... Who knows? Maybe in a millennia we'll be able to do that. But like, there's just like some kind of something that I feel like that has to be there, even with hard magic systems, um, for it to truly be, I don't know, magic, I guess. Which that's not well, what this pre-pod the, is about, but that's just what I, want, I was thinking about. Yeah, I would love to do a whole pre-pod on magic systems. I've seen a, a couple good videos out there that break down those, and I'd love to dive in. But I, I do want to say I love that in this game, we don't have to figure all that stuff out. Like, we could just say Darkstar, that's a computer's check. He successfully <laughs> hacks in. You know what I'm saying? We're like, like it, it, is, it is nice to have an idea of the world and how things work. But, like, we don't have to get down to, like, the brass tacks of it all. Right. Mm-hmm. To explain it. Um, but, yeah, it is nice. Zach, you've been, you've been quiet. <laughs> I assumed 
you're like a like a low fantasy purist, right? Right. right. I'm actually not. Weirdly enough, I really liked. Okay. Um, I really liked the LDR arc. It felt like guns were a little bit more accessible. Um, and I think I think especially with the release of Guns and Gears, I, I just got to say I'm just gonna be like very candid here. Like I'm. S- when I open a Guns and Gears, like when I open a Paizo book, it's like everything you have about tropes, about real world examples, just like throw it out the window because they're just gonna like rewrite the way that you think about this world. Um, you know, everybody will say the Moengi is like modern day Africa. It's like, that's just wrong. Like I, I have learned more about the Moengi now to understand like, I think you're just wrong. Like culturally it might look a little bit similar, but like, they have guns mainland doesn't <laughs> like like there's just some stuff that's like they've done a very good job of painting this like like where technology comes from and like the the new implementation of like beast guns and stuff that i kind of talked about in the discord yesterday is just like whack but it's like a very cool thing that they've just like ri- written into um you know a a kind of gun position you know a firearms Chance, position um can- can Frizzy have one of those animal guns? Uh, no. We'll Kitten see. Cannon. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but I... They just seem... I, I will say, like, I feel like I'm pretty much like... I Like, play your own game, whatever. Right. But, like, something about an animal gun. I'm it like, just that's feels... Too much I don't think me. so. It just... Yeah. It, not that it even so. feels ridiculous. It feels borderline abusive. No I matter was like, how I, much I we talk like about how it's not. Animals. Yeah. It's shooting like, out of we animals. Spend, we could spend 30 minutes talking about how the animals are not harmed. And I'd still feel weird when Frisky goes, all right, I'm going to shoot a pigeon out of this gun. <laughs> 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 to me, you'd have to shoot the, the like, like a, a, a falcon that's like purposefully climbing in the gun right. to be shot and then it attacks and then it flies back and rests back the in the gun. Like, I mean, it's gotta be like that's sick. super into the idea of being shot. Like, oh, oh, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. It's gotta I have like metal like, barbs on its wings to like be shot yeah. from. <laughs> but I think, I don't think they're the animals or ammunition. I'm pretty sure like the animal is the gun and you're shooting like it's like you've got a lizard on, in your hands and you pull its tail and it shoots a fireball at it. Right. That's what I thought. Oh, yeah, it's it's the, the, it is that kind of stuff. Chance is right. It's like you have oh, an okay. entire squid on your arm and it's doing something when you squeeze the <laughs> membrane, you know. It's so goofy. Oh. Um, hunter hunter. But I I I mean I going back <laughs> to like going back to like the idea of like cannons, black powder. Like I love I love that we have castles, you know, that's very like high fantasy to me. I love that there's, especially with Age of Ashes, like we have this like keep that we're trying to upkeep and the idea of sticking cannons on it and sticking, um, you know, actual like armaments that can blow up when you fire them. Like that seems fitting to me, you know, it just does like. Um, I feel like there is a difference between like a cannon and a, a pistol or a rifle or something, but I definitely don't feel like it, it doesn't have its place. Um, and I, I have been so really invested in just like the Twitter universe of tabletop role playing games and the like Reddit universe and the bickering that goes on about the this topic. I, it makes me, I will say, it doesn't irritate me. It just makes me sad. Cause I think, I think the reason these books are made like guns and gears is so that if you would like to include guns, here's like 300 pages on it. You know, like here's, here's how you incorporate guns into your game. Uh, but personally, 
I feel like it is. It is. It can be fitting and it can it can be done very well um, without any sort of like rupture in like the story or the world. Uh, like I said, with the Urkel retrieval arc, and then even like the the um, uh, I almost said Sword Coast. Whoops. Uh, the shackles when we went there and it was like pirates and stuff. Like it never felt like the world broke because there were people with guns on their hips. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it feels. I think it, it's, it's given a lot of. Um, color to our world i think that like you know before maybe the um the shackles and the exploration of guns and eladir like the world felt very like typical fantasy but now it just feels like like 1400s like like globe right it's like some people have guns there are pirates but if you go into like the mountains of europe there are still castles and there are still kings right like it's very yeah. much but if you go to the big city there are people with you know very high quality clothes and frills and stone you know big stone cities but like your average village still has like needs of soldiers with blade armor to protect them from you know animals so it's like i think it makes sense um like it, it can still make logical sense the only thing that doesn't make sense is magic but like everything else you could say oh we're just in you know like 1400s france or 1500s france (laughs) so spain i i am one of the most anticipated books and i they haven't even like announced it yet but i i'm just waiting for it i really want the like tianja like book that's like kind of the asian inspired like continent and because i would love I, think, I feel like they're doing a really good job with like the Moengi mm-hmm. and they, they, they so they put out like a setting guide for the Moengi which is like a big continent and then they put out um, like with the core rule book a good guide for like kind of the mainland like medieval Europe aspect but I love that they are we are getting like the same time period but in different continents where you'll encounter different kinds of monsters as well as like different kinds of technology magic things like that and like you said, Ronnie, it really colors in the whole world. So I would love to run because I would I would like to imagine like in the shackles, everyone's walking around with like a flintlock pistol on their hip, right? Right. And then like maybe in the like Five Kings Mountains, you've got this big dwarven blunderbuss, right? But then over in like Tianja, you've got you know like a different style like firearm and so on and so on. And then you've got beast guns from the Mwangi. So it feels like that technology has a different flavor everywhere you know and i like that because it it makes the universe feel bigger and i I think the more of these pre-written campaigns and homebrew campaigns we play whenever you like mention like like you name drop a location or you're like oh we might be going to this area you it, it instills that excitement because you already have that like that like knowledge of what that area is like right you know so because like I remember playing through um, Rise of the Rune Lords and Amiko Kaijutsus from Tienja, and I like didn't even like that didn't mean anything to me. But now if I were to replay that, I'm like, oh man! And then she has her own campaign where you get to cross the continent and you go over there and do a whole thing. So. Right. I mean, it's like anybody says anything about Corvosa, and yeah, we immediately yeah. have a very clear picture of who they are and where they come from. Yeah. You know based on our own experiences. And now if somebody says they're from the Wangi or the Shackles, we can do the same thing, which is really cool. Yeah. And there's so many more countries oh my that we haven't even, like I've like name dropped um, 
I almost said Falador because I've been playing RuneScape, but Taldor, mm-hmm. the, that's like the whole country to the east of Iskar. Right. And we, I, I haven't even read too much into it, but it's like, I think they're like the big kind of medieval Europe that's battling. Um, they're like in a feud with uh, uh, Chiliax, which is kind of the evil empire of of the, um, what do you call it? The, the evil empire of medieval Europe red and black flags and then oh what was the country you guys went to the the castle it's like the whole orc orc lands oh it's, it's uh, like the oh, badlands uh, that was something so cool. wall last wall yeah last wall was the castle but it was in this area that's like basically that's where um a lot of the orcs came because orcs and dwarves came from under the earth um, I could see it during in, the age um, of dark map in my head, and and so they kind of have like that is like Orkland, you know, and they have their own government, and I believe they took over yeah. a dwarven citadel, a sky citadel, and made it their own. Anyways, like it's so sorry, I could just go on and on, and then there, then there's even in Varicia, there's or Varicia, there's uh, the Shawanti, which is like a totally different flavor, which is it's gonna take fun. me forever to start saying Varicia, dude. Same. I know. I hate. Outlaw I hate whiskey. That I learned, whiskey. <laughs> yeah, I hate that I learned that it's pronounced Varisia, but <laughs> I will always say Varisian and Varisian. Well, that's thirty minutes. That's dirty minutes. <laughs> hey, we, pick up them books, dude. If you are dirty, into the lore, there's so many books out there about Calarian. Dirty about minutes it. sounds like the thing that you would do at a sleepover in the closet with your crush. What the? Yeah, dirty minutes happens after Roland goes to bed. Let's play D and D. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I also well, I thought, of, I thought of like, is anyone taking is anyone taking minutes of this meeting? And I'm like, oh shit, I've been taking dirty. Minutes, so. <laughs> Just some dirty minutes. Just some dirty minutes. Dirty minutes is the grossest way to talk it's about so relations gross. with a partner ever. Because it also just implies like a visceral shortness. Like dirty minutes. I know, minutes. just a few <laughs> minutes. There's like one or two dirty minutes during dirty minutes time. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I don't know, you guys. Probably dirty hour. Yeah, yeah. Good, a good <laughs> dirty hour and a half. Dirty hour is, is just a perverse and grotesque version of happy hour. Dirty hour. Dirty hour. <laughs> oh, God. Stick around. If you're here okay. for happy hour at four, stick around for dirty hour at five. <laughs> <laughs>